Jesus. Amen, amen. Amen. Praise God. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 We need a move. We need to move in our churches. We need, to, we need to move in our lives. We need to move in our cities. And we need to move in our country. And we certainly need to move in our world. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God is so good. He is so incredibly good. And I just love where we can just get in His presence and people can just worship and just magnify His name and glorify His name and, and just feel, the, feel that touch that He has. There's something about that touch when, when you feel something that you just don't feel out in the world. And you come here and we're singing praise and worship and you just feel something, man. There's just something about that that you just can't replace. That's how, how come the Word says, Oh, come taste and see that He is good. Because when you taste of His presence, you just, it's a, it's a dick. Okay, you can hear me now? Yeah. I'm sorry. We're going to get this figured out. We just need to probably buy a new microphone or something. Here's a little piece there. But anyway, I want to thank God for, for, for that. Uh, kingdom life is my family. Y'all are my family. The kingdom life is my home. This is where I dwell at. This is where I feel safest at. You know, home is where you feel safe, all right? This is where I feel safe at. This is where I know I can go, and I know that people aren't talking about me. This is where people ain't, ain't trying to stab the pastor in the back. I, here, I know the people that are here right now anyway. <laughs> you know, I don't know who may come, maybe may change that, but I don't believe they will because I believe there's something about this house and this family that it's when you love somebody, you care for somebody like that, you, you protect them. And I, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate not only how you protect me, but how you protect each other. And I'm, I'm appreciative for, for a, a church that prays and, and, and seeks God and, and gets into worship and don't let nothing hold them back. I'm thankful for, for all of our volunteers that, are, that have just left and went back with our kids back there to take care of those babies and those little toddlers and those people that, back, that are, those kids back there that are wanting to know about God. And they're teaching them at a young foundation. And they're taking their Sunday morning service once a month or once every two months. And they are um, taking time to pour into those kids. And they're ministering, and, and, and Amanda's in here, and she takes care of the nursery, and, and uh, Grayson's back there, and, and every week, just where she's, she's required to come in here at least once a month. But, but, but the other week, she's back there pouring into those babies and talking to them and laying that foundation. And I'm just so thankful for that, that we have such an emphasis on our kids. And, and I'm thankful for our leadership team. I create a leadership team that meets with me and, and helps me and guides me and, and, and gives me wisdom for us to make the best decisions that we can make. And they take their time. They lead stuff. And, and they care about this church to, to, to take extra time out of the week and come out here sometimes for, for three hours sometimes for our meetings just because there's so much to talk about and stuff and do. And I'm so thankful for each and every one of them. 
I'm thankful for our Facebook Live experience that we can experience this where people over in, in Sweden and London and Africa and different places that we have seen that people are watching our services and all over North Carolina and, and Virginia and South Carolina we've even seen that are watching those people who are, 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 are bedridden or at home or at sick or just can't get to church that day or maybe we have a lot of people that have, that have their own church but they like to like, like our worship and like to, to come by and, and watch our service as well later on in the afternoon or later on in the week. I'm so thankful for our parking attendant, um, Bill Gallagher, that goes out there and, and for, for you, that he loves you enough to serve. He loves God, first off, and he loves you enough to go out there this morning when it's 35 degrees outside and help you park your car and make sure that you're safe and nobody hits each other and all that kind of stuff. I'm thankful, thankful for, for him and those that work out there periodically. And I'm thankful for, for Cynthia and, and the greeters that, that, that come early and, and greet every morning or smiling and saying, hey, and they got information for you and they got the coffee ready and, you know, and, 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 and at 9.30 every morning. And, and sometimes we have food, sometimes we don't. We don't want nobody to to think that this is breakfast time, you know, but that's where you're going to eat your meal at. But, but, but still, it's a time where we can get together and fellowship and drink some coffee and talk and have. I'm so thankful for those of you that do that and stand at the door. You know, when you would sometimes maybe rather be in here running around talking or just sitting down, but you're at a door greeting. You're opening the door out in the cold saying hey to people. That means so much to me and so much to God. I'm so thankful for our ushers and our finance team that take their time to do that. And the finance team that takes, when everybody else is leaving, the finance team's back in the back. They're back there serving God, taking care of the money and doing it, making sure it's right and sending it, putting it in, in a drop box so it can go down to, to Virginia and be safe and, and being taken care of there. I'm so thankful for, for people who just don't talk about love, but they show love like you do to everyone who comes with love, life, and relationships. I'm thankful for our, our, our youth and young adult leaders that take time with our youth every week and our young adults and when they have their life groups and they, they, they share with one another and, they, and they, they're pouring into the, those as well. And I'm, I'm so thankful for, for Craig and our media team back there that, that is working so hard diligently and come out, coming out even when, when, they work, when, the, when the praise team is worshiping on, two, on Thursday nights practicing, they're showing up. And they're back here doing stuff and trying to make sure it's right. They come during the week if there's problems to make sure things are happening. They're all the time spending time for this media, trying to make sure the media is right and the, and the PowerPoints and all that. I'm so thankful for them serving God, making sure the lights and the sound sounds good. And we have trouble sometimes, but, but that's, just, that's just part of life. I'm so, I'm so thankful for, for Mr. Loris and, and our Oasis team and um, the, our senior adults. And we, we're so thankful for all the work that Ms. Dolores does for them and, and that they do for it. As a matter of fact, today after church, all of Oasis, our senior adult ministry is going to go to Blue Water and, and have a meal together. So we're excited about that as well. But we're so thankful for, for that. And we're thankful for, for our worship team. What a wonderful job that they do. They're serving. All, all these people that I'm talking about, by the way, is serve. First of all, I do want to do this because I want to do it publicly sometimes. I try to, to fill everybody's cup up as much as possible, but, but sometimes you need to understand that there's people around you serving all over the place. But our, our worship team comes out here, and, and they spend time on Thursday nights, and they come at 8 o'clock on Sunday mornings, and they spend Saturdays together sometimes doing what they can. Our life group leaders, you may not see them here, but they're, they're doing life groups all over the place. You know, we have all kind of ministries, all kind of life groups. They're taking their time and studying and preparing. I went to the, the couple's life group last night, and we had an amazing, amazing time. You know, I, I, um, a church family who loves every person who walks through the door, regardless of where they've been or who they are. I call this place home. I call you family. I'm thankful for Kingdom Life. I thank you for serving. There's so many of you that serve some way or another. I'm thankful for, for, for Brother Curtis and Miss Faye and the prayer team that they have. When someone calls in and they need prayer, they put them on their prayer list and they share that with one another. And I appreciate that. 
So why, why don't you right now give each other a hand clap? Y'all are doing such a wonderful job. And hopefully some, sometime this week you have shared the love of Christ with someone. Hopefully sometime this week you have asked somebody to come to church with you today. And, and maybe sometime this week you've done something to grow yourself um, a, as a Christian so you could be a better Christian. Amen? Today we're going to talk about contagious. Contagious. Contagious faith. Contagious Christianity. Contagious love. Not, not going to contagious coronavirus. But there are things, but it is, that is contagious, right? The flu is contagious. The coronavirus is contagious. Sickness is contagious, right? Laughing is contagious. You ever been in a room with somebody laughing and then all of a sudden you started laughing to you? Like, I, did, well, I don't even know what's funny, but you're laughing. You ever done that before? You know, fear is contagious. When you ever see somebody, they're, they're cool when somebody says, ah! And everybody's like, whoa, 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 sorry, what's, what's, what's going on? The, the fear grips everybody, you know? You know, puking. That's something that's contagious, right? Right? When I was in the military, man, and one, one, one shipmate started throwing up, everybody started yakking. Yeah, you know, that's just what's what happened. It's contagious. When you, when you hear it, it's sometimes it's, just, it's contagious like that, you know. You know, mono is contagious, right? Having an attitude is contagious. Being negative is contagious. Yawning is contagious. That's real contagious. I don't still understand why. But also, passion is contagious. See, there's a lot of things, um, Marcus Luttrell said, there's a lot of things in life that matter, but nothing matters more as much as who you decide to serve um, and what you serve. That's one of the most important things is that we serve Christ and that we serve others. So we've all had an encounter with God, and we've had that life-changing experience in our life um, of, of grace, love, and mercy. But let me ask you this. How, how on earth can we have this life-changing experience? Let me, let me ask you. you know, how many has had a life-changing experience with Jesus? Your life's changed because of Jesus, right? Everybody. Okay, how can we have a life-changing experience and not share with others? Not that, not that you're not, but I'm just saying in general, in Christianity. When something, you know, if we won a million dollars and it was life changing, we would tell everybody about that, wouldn't we? You know, so I want to just take a little bit of time to this week and next week and just teach you a little bit. I think it's so important that we get taught a little bit about go. This is go month, right? So we're talking about go, the gospel, G-O, go to share the gospel. See, um, your, your life and your story may be the very thing that, that helps someone come to Christ. Your life and your story. My life and my story may not change nothing for them. But because they got a connection with you, you can reach them in ways that maybe I or somebody else can't. Because your life and your story and your struggle. In 1 Thessalonians 5.15, it says, See that no one pays back evil for evil, but everyone always tries to do good to each other and to all people. Trying to do good to all, all people. Even that jerk down the street that treats me mean. Even my family member that's so, so rude. Yes, all people. See, Romans 12, 17 through 21 in the message says, Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. There's some, there's some kind of beauty in everyone. It's all what you're looking at. You've got to look for it sometimes. But there's something in everyone that's beautiful. If you've, if you've got it in, you get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. Um, that's not what you do. I'll do the judging, God says. I'll take care of that. Our scriptures tells us that if you see your enemy hungry... Go and buy that person lunch, or if he's thirsty, give him the drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. When we do good, we're getting the best of the devil. 
When we do good, we're, we're getting the best of the enemy. See, and there's some, there's some things in our life that we can do with our life. We can, either, we can either waste our life, we can spend our life, or we can invest our life. And we need to invest our life. Why waste your life? God's given it to you for a reason. Don't waste your life, and don't just spend it away where you're just living it for your own self. Invest it so you can invest it into others. Rick, this is what Rick Warren is saying. He said there's three things in your life that you can do. You can waste your life, you can spend it, or you can invest it. The best use of your life is to invest your life, invest your life in something that will outlast it. The worst thing you can do, Rick, Rick Warren says, is that is to simply live to, simply for today and live for yourself. God did not put us on earth to live for ourselves. He created us, He created you to be like Christ. See, in Mark chapter 10, verses 45, there's two things that says Christ came to earth to do. It says, For even the Son of God, Son of Man, came to be not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to give and to serve. And that's what we're supposed to do is to emulate, to be like Christ. We're supposed to, we, I believe we are most like Christ when we give and when we serve. Because that's what Christ did. If you want to be like Christ, you know, then what we need to do is do our very best to give to others and serve others. If we want contagious faith, if we want contagious Christianity, if we want a contagious attitude that we want people to follow, then we must learn how to serve. And, and, and it's not that I, I have to serve, it's that I get to serve. Romans 6, 13, um, B says, Give yourselves completely to God, every part of you. You want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for good purposes. And when we're serving, we're, hands, we're the hands and feet of God. Acts 20 and 24, my life is worth um, nothing unless I use it for, for doing the work assigned to me by Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about how good God's wonderful kindness and love is. I, I'm really not doing nothing unless I'm sharing Christ. The greatest thing I can do is serving others and telling them about Jesus. Mark 8, 35, and the Living Bible says, only those who give away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news, will ever really know what really living means, how to really live. So, so the thing is, is until you start giving your life away and start sharing and helping others and telling others and, and understanding that your story matters to somebody, somebody's in life is going through a similar story that you have. You know, the Bible talks about that that we haven't we haven't that we don't have a temptation as com that it is not common to man. So what, what, what that scripture is saying, there's no, temp, no temptation is taking you but such as common to man, which means that somebody else is dealing with the same thing that you're dealing with. But the thing is, is you may be dealing with something that somebody else is dealing with and have the opportunity to share it with them, but you don't, so they feel, they feel alone, and they feel like that they're the only person that's dealing with it. Martin Luther King Jr. said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. There's all kind of opportunities to serve. And, and the number one is to share your testimony, to share your faith with others. You know, the other one is we give plenty of opportunities to serve. We, we were out there in uh, uh, Sunset Park on Saturday, man. It was so good. And we had, there was a Spanish pastor that came, and he was able to speak to some of the Spanish-speaking communities that was there. And he preached the gospel to them, man. We were serving them food, and it was just such a wonderful time out there that we had out there with boots on the ground. 
So we have, we have to understand that, 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 that 1 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19 says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, for you to who belong in Christ Jesus, and do not stifle the Holy Spirit, do not quench the Holy Spirit. So we have to assume that, that if we aren't serving, that we aren't praying, that we aren't joyful, you know, and that we're not thankful, that we're stifling or quenching the Spirit of God. I want to be a catalyst for our city. I want us to make a difference in our city. And I don't want to quench the Spirit of God from moving in our city. I want, I want Him to be able to have free reign. But are we really doing that? Let me ask you a question. How, to, 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 for every one of us, that's a sobering question that I think will really rattle your soul if you really think about it. If we, can't, if we close Kingdom Life down today and we lock the doors for good, will our city even miss us? Will our city even know that we're gone? Does our city even know that we're here? If we shut the doors today, will there be anybody in our city that said, Oh no, this is so, such a bad thing. They, they helped me. They gave me life. They changed my they, 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 they blessed our community. Will our city know that we were even gone? Or are we just another puff in the wind? We need to be a church that our city will miss if we, if we ever left. Maybe for you, the thought of pastoring our city seems overwhelming to you, right? That it's not even worth trying. It's so big. But see, the thing is, is that you don't have to, you don't have to change our city. All you got to do is try to change one person. And if you change one person, and you change one person, and you help change one person, and you change one person, you're changing their world. And then when a bunch of changed people get together, then the whole city is changed. And it's not always big things. And we think we got to, hey, we, for, for us to help change our city, then we need to give a million dollars to the mayor. You know, we need to go build a big monument. We need to help pave the street. We need to do something big. How can we serve a million people? How can we go and, and feed all the homeless? How can we help the sex trafficking city? You know, sometimes, yeah, we do the best we can in those areas. But the thing is, is the biggest thing that you can do sometimes for people is the smallest things. For instance, Obviously, we know that our parents are everything, that our parents changed our life. My parents changed my life. They taught me, and, and, and they, they, they have radically changed my thought process because they brought me up in the ways of the Lord. And they taught me the Bible. They taught me to love that. But, I'm, but outside of your parents, I'm talking about who else has impacted your life that did something small to you that changed your life. For instance, Linda Akins was a woman that I know that was, that was one of my youth pastors, and she changed my life because she taught me to pray. She taught me the importance of prayer. Every Tuesday night, we had youth prayer meeting. And every Tuesday night, we would come, she would take prayer requests, and we would pray for about an hour. Every Tuesday night. And she taught me how important that was. It, it, it wasn't a big life-changing thing to a lot of people, maybe, but to me, it, it, it's just changed my life ever since. It's changed my life right now from knowing the importance of that. Philip Thompson was, was my youth pastor, and he taught me the importance of using my gifts and talents for God and not for the world. Saying, hey, you gotta, you got to bring it in and let God use those gifts and multiply them gifts. And, and he, he sent me to Teen Talent. And he said, use this gift. Doug, he said, you got a gift on you to, 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 to teach and to preach. He said, you need it. So I went to National Teen Talent, and I was first runner-up in National Teen Talent and Bible teaching. So that kind of let me know right there that, hey, that, 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 hey that's, that's my gift. You know? And I flowed in that from that learning my gifts, and he helped me taught that. Mr. Gilliard was my band director, and he taught me the importance of teamwork. He said, man, when you're out there on that band field, y'all got to work together or you're going to hit somebody. You're going to flip the wrong turn. You're going to do all this kind of stuff. And, and he taught me how to work together. And he taught me the importance of teamwork. 
J.D. Simmons, uh, he believed in me when, in a time in ministry where I didn't even believe in myself and trusted me enough to give me ministry and said, hey, hey, I want you to handle it. I trust you. I trust you. Where I felt like I hadn't been trusted in the past. And he showed me that, hey, somebody does believe and trust in you. You know, Jenny Mayo taught me to, to believe in myself. You know, you can believe in other people. And you don't mind other people. You know, you know you don't, other people can believe in you. But sometimes everybody can believe in us, but we have a hard time believing in ourselves. And she taught me to believe in myself. Pastor Tammy taught me how to forgive deeply. Some three, three of my friends when I was an early teenager, um, Tim and Lawrence and Benji, they were there for me during my divorce, and they taught me the true meaning of friendship. What? They just were your friend, and it changed your life? Absolutely. And one of the worst times of my life in that, going through that divorce, you know, Tim and Lawrence and Benji, you know, they just sat there, and sometimes they, just, they were just there with me. They didn't talk. They just were there. They just really showed me when you're going through a hard time what it means for the ministry of presence. And Tim actually is Rachel's brother. I mean, I'm sorry, Lawrence is Rachel's brother. So the thing is, is just they taught me something so important and it changed my life that sometimes you can't, you ain't got all the words. Sometimes you just need to be there. And just your presence means something. It's comforting to someone. Dale Miller taught me, taught me and showed me um, how to stand up for what was right, even if it wasn't popular to everybody. To stand up for what's right. Stand up for, for what's right, even, even though everybody else didn't stand up for it. Philip Britt, the last one, Philip Britt, my best friend in the whole world, he taught me for not to settle for less than, than, than what God's plan was for my life. And I was dabbling around thinking about ministry, and he pushed me and said, man, what are you waiting on? What are we? As a matter of fact, he was with it. What are we waiting on? we got to get into ministry. We know we're called. And he pushed me to go ahead and take that step to go into full-time ministry and not worry about it and to just to trust God. See, those are little, those are little instances and, and stuff. And let me ask you, does anybody in here have people in their life that just little things like that that change their life, little moments like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. How many of you have told them? Every one of them people, every one of them people that I just mentioned, I have told how much they meant to me. I've told them that they have changed my life in this area. Hey, you did this right here, and this meant so much to me when you did that. You know, the thing is, though, people walk around feeling like they don't do nothing. They feel like they're not no good. They feel like they're not making a difference in anybody's lives because they're never told. And it's important for us to let people know. And it's hard, it's hard to hear that. Anytime we have past appreciation or somebody, I get so embarrassed half the time I cry. I just, it just embarrasses me. I, I don't do well with that. But the thing is, is when, 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 we're, when people change our life and they do stuff, it's important. Every one of these people was so, they just loved it. And they just loved when I was able to tell them, man, here's, you taught me to pray. You taught me to love. You taught me to forgive. You taught me teamwork. All that kind of stuff. Every one of those people I have went to. You know, we, we don't celebrate each other. Hey, we celebrate birthdays every year, and all that means is you went 365 days without dying. That's all that means. You made it 365 more days. You're not promised tomorrow. And we celebrate that. But someone that has, like you said, that has changed your life, that you feel like, man, you opened my eyes to this. You, you changed my life. You helped me. You taught me this. You taught me how to, you, maybe, maybe somebody taught you how to save money, and, and maybe you got a lot of money now. Maybe somebody taught you how, how, how important whatever was, you know, 
um, and they taught you the importance of something or they taught you they put you in business or they helped you get a job or or, or they helped you get a car or whatever it is find those people and share with them and say let me I just want to tell you how much you mean to me and how you changed my life well, no 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 it's okay no no I want to share it with you and share with those people and let them know how, how, how much that means to them because it's very important that they understand that they have changed lives just like it is for someone to tell you the same that you changed lives contagious faith is about loving God and loving people it's about loving, loving them in a real and tangible way see as long as you see sharing your faith is something that seems impossible you always sit on the sidelines you see, but, but the thing is, is you were never created to sit on the sidelines. You were all created to be in the game and share your faith and share your love and, and serve others and care about others and serve and go and serve and, and, and fulfill the Great Commission. You may not be able to win the world for Jesus. We may not be able to win every person in our city for Jesus. But when faith is contagious and our excitement and our passion is contagious, we can change someone's world for Jesus. And if you could change someone's world and you could change someone's world and you can change someone's world and you can, man, man, we start changing worlds. Pastor, the world, their world, their world is wherever they go in their life and their day. That's their world for that day. Tomorrow I may go in a different part of the world, but that's my world for that time. So we got to understand that. Well, how do I do that, Pastor Doug? How, how do I do that? I'm going to tell you a little seven little quick things on what we do um, to, 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 to really to, to be ourselves and to talk to people. I used to teach this class called Christi um, Contagious Christianity a long time ago, and th these were seven of the points that was in it. Because when we, when we look at evangelists, we look at that as a bad thing. We look at evangelists as somebody that stands on a soapbox and says, Repent or die or go to hell. Okay, that we got, that, but they're, they're, they're irritating, they're obnoxious, and we feel like they're pushy, and they're, they're irreverent, and, and we feel like, but, that's, but that's, that's, let's change that perception. See, people are disillusioned about God and Christians because we have illusioned them to that. See what I'm saying? We have given people so many examples of what not to be that they think that's what it is. But we need to give them good examples of what to be so they'll know the truth the first thing that you have to be if you're going to go out and change the world you, just, you have to be real you can't be a hypocrite you don't have to act like like you don't do nothing wrong and and that i'm holy and i'm righteous and i'm just great christian and and you know you're beneath me and i'm gonna try to bring you to where i'm at we gotta let each other know that we're on the same page we gotta know that it's okay to not be okay I don't care if you're a leader, you're a small group, I don't care if you're, and y'all know me, I'm the pastor, and I'll tell you at times, hey, I'm just not doing too okay right now, I need your prayers. But people can, people will learn from your strengths, they'll learn from your strengths. You can, when you got strengths, people will learn from that, but they will connect to you through your weaknesses. When you say, hey, man, I, oh, really? Me too. And so we share with one another, and we just be, we be real, it makes you, you got to be human. You can't look like you're just spiritual deity. You can't look like you're a demigod. You can't go around acting like I have something that y'all don't have, and if you come to me, I'll bestow it upon you. We have to be real. Number two, we have to be natural. Talking about Jesus should 
be just as easy for you men as talking about a ball game or, 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 or work or fishing or hunting. For ladies, it should be just as easy as talking about shopping. You should be able to segue from any conversation to about Jesus. It shouldn't be, well, hey, man, that game was good, man. Oh, my gosh, that was amazing, man. Did you see that last throw with that touchdown? Oh, touchdown, okay. <clears throat> now let's talk about Jesus. You know, it's, we, we feel like we got to change the whole mo, mo, mood of this, the conversation. No. And just as awesome as that touchdown was, man, God is just as awesome. Let me tell you about what he did for my life this week. You have to be personable. You have to be personable. When you have bought something by looking at a billboard or... have. When have you bought something by looking at a billboard or a, com a commercial? Well, I, I tried that. I've tried that spray one time that you spray for bald people. It, I mean, it made my it made my head dark. It was kind of cool. It just didn't it didn't stay. But you don't buy very much from that, right? But if someone said, "Hey, I got a spray for your hair, and it worked for me and my brother." And uh, it'll probably work for you, right? Well, then, then probably you'll be more apt because you know somebody who does it. People who are more apt to buy from Mary Kay, from Gina, or, for, or, or from Diane. Diane's doing a great job with that. But the thing is, is that, that people are more apt to buy something from somebody that they know versus somebody that they don't know. People are more apt to believe you about Jesus from people that they know than they don't know. That's why it's so hard for street evangelism. Because you got to somehow create some kind of moment there where you got a connection, and it's hard. You got to be verbal. Yes, you need you people live, live your life without speaking words. That's fine, that's good. But even Jesus said, "Follow me." You've got to be verbal. You've got to talk to people. You've got to ask them. Come follow me. Um, Romans 10, 14 says, But how can they call upon him um, to be saved unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless they've never, if they never heard about him? And how can they never hear about him unless someone tells them? That's like having a coach on, on your football team or basketball team and saying, Okay, guys, we hadn't practiced. I know, I know how to win. I've won every year. For, but this year, I'm just going to just let y'all play. I know y'all are new. I know y'all don't know nothing. Just go play. We can't, we can't, we can't allow people to, to expect to just know everything. And we, that, that's why discipleship is so important. That's why the Word of God says go and make disciples. Yeah, salvation is the greatest thing. But if you have salvation but nobody gets, nobody gets discipled, then the salvation really didn't mean nothing because they're going to end up backsliding. You have to be process-oriented. You got to understand that talking to someone about Jesus is a marathon. It's not a sprint. But we feel like we got to have diarrhea in the mouth and go blah and tell everybody everything I know at the same time right now. And you got to get saved today, Jesus, right now. You need Jesus right now. And there may be some situations like that. But most of the time, you, you, you talk to them, you plant seeds, and you plant seeds. You know, not very often do you just walk up to somebody and lead them to Christ. 
but you talk to them, and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm like, you know, you're talking about what a hard weekend you had, man. We, I had a great weekend, man. Maybe at lunch today I'll like tell you about it. And then at lunch you talk, talk about a little bit about what you learned at church or what happened that weekend. And then you say, hey, man, that's just the beginning of it, man. I got a great story. Maybe someday I'll like to tell you about it. Just tell, when, you, when you're ministering to people, understand that it's a process. People most of the time are not ready just to you go come to me to catch me out of nowhere and I'm you just you're just gonna just tell me all the stuff about Jesus and I'm just gonna automatically it, it happens because the Holy Spirit can do anything. It can happen for sure. It, but it's a process. Also, it's team oriented. First Corinthians 3 6 says, I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. Sometimes don't get upset when you do the planting and you see somebody else is praying, praying with them and they receive Christ. Hey, we're all on the same team. It's all about teamwork. And the last part is putting others first. You have to be interested in others and knowing their feelings, and you have to listen and not always talk. And that's hard for me. You can't treat everybody the same. I'm the type of person that, that I have all the answers. God's, God's giving me the answers. I feel like, man, I got a little bit of knowledge about everything. So once I got a problem, I'm ready to go ahead and tell them how to fix it because I'm a fixer. But so many times in my office, God's like, just shut your mouth, son, just listen. Because I'm, I'm, I'm like, and I'm starting to say something. It's like, just, just, just shut your mouth. Just listen. And then sometimes that helps them. That, that's what, hey, that's what psychologists do anyway. You pay them 100 bucks an hour, and they, you li they listen to you and say, okay, see you next week. But why? Because it's a real thing. Sometimes people just need someone to listen to. Then after they got it all out and they shared and you cried with them and prayed with them and talked with them, then you're able to share Christ. When I'm talking to people at the altar a lot of times, and I'm, I'm doing maybe altar call um, counseling or something. I'm telling people about training, altar call training. And I tell them when someone comes down and just is just bawling, just bawling their eyes out, and they're just crying to God, I said, leave them alone. Let them get it out. They get, there's a process that they got to go through. Let them, just let them cry for a little bit, and then let's talk to them. Don't try to stop that process because that's part of the process. Sometimes they got to get it out and, and, and go on, and then, and then you're able to, to share with them the Christ a little bit. But everybody in here has a story. Everybody in here can reach somebody. Everybody goes somewhere in their life that you can talk to somebody and help somebody. And maybe you say, I can't, I don't know nobody, I don't go nowhere, I don't do nothing, I don't never talk to nobody, nothing. Well, you know what? We have a church also that you can go serve in, that people will come to you. You ain't even got to go nowhere. There's all kind of opportunities here to serve. And there's different styles of, 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 of that as well. And I'm not going to talk about them, I don't have time, I don't even have them on my PowerPoint, but I'll just let them know if you want to know more about them, I can tell you about them. One style of witnessing is confrontational witnessing. It's more like Peter. He's kind of like, just in your face. You need Jesus, you know. Then the intellectual style is more like Paul. He's a deep thinker, educated, asks lots of questions. Testimonial. There's a testimonial way to minister, and that's where you just kind of like tell, tell stories and your testimony. And there's an interpersonal relationship, and that's where you invite people to your home and you share with them that way. And then there's an invitational style where you just invite people to church. And then there's a serving style where you're just serving others and then they come to you to receive Christ. Now, I know, like I said, I know this isn't no, no hoedown. This isn't this, that service where you, you're going to walk out of here and, and pat me on the back. Pastor Doug, man, I tell you what, the Spirit of God was here today. I felt that. You know, it's not, maybe not be that way, but I tell you what, God's no less here today than he was last week or the week before whenever you felt emotional about it. 
But me as a pastor, if I just preach to you all the time and I don't teach you nothing, I ain't much value to you. And if all, if all you're coming for here is just to come to, to get all emotional, then, then you're probably in the wrong place. Because I want to teach you about Jesus. I want to teach you life. I want to teach you to, how to love, how to build relationships, how to do things, how to serve. Because how are you going to know what to do when someone walks up to you and wants to know about Christ and you don't have a clue? What kind of pastor am I to have the answer and know and know some of these things that I can share with you and not, and not give, give you the tools? Hey, we're going to be out here and we're going to serve coffee. So I'm going to go to the, the coffee shop. I'm going to do this and do that. And now, hey, go, to, go at it. What kind of pastor would I be to throw you out to the wolves and people say, hey, lead me to Christ. Well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Now you can go to the church talk to Pastor Doug. Would you bow your hand and close your eyes? Is there anybody here today that say, Pastor Doug, I, uh, I haven't caught that. I, am, I haven't been around nobody that was contagious enough to lead, talk to me about Jesus. I haven't been around nobody that asked me about Jesus enough to ask me if I need to be saved. I, didn't, I haven't been around nobody that, that talked to me much about that or I never had the opportunity. I never asked. I never sought it out. Nobody ever came to me. But you would hear it say today, say, Pastor Doug, I, I want that. I want to be able to know about that love, and I want to be able to share that with other people. And I'm not a Christian today, but, but I don't know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. But I, I want to be saved. I want Christ to come in my heart today. I want to be changed. I want to try this thing. I at least want to try it. I can't leave today without at least trying it, knowing that it's going to make my life better. Anybody at all want to raise their hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. You just want to raise your hand and say, I just want to try that. I want to, I want to receive Christ, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I want to be, I want to be saved. Just raise it so I can see it. Well, who would say, Pastor Doug, I want to be more of a witness. I want to be able to serve more. I want to be able to, 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 to love and give more and to other people and help them. And I want to be that person that someone comes to and says, hey, you made a difference in my life. I want to be, I want to make an impact in the kingdom. Is that you? You gonna be that person? Well, it's so easy. All you gotta do is just be in your life, be purposeful. And you can look at me now. You be purposeful. And make a purpose to, to look for opportunities and pray to God and study and do what you can and, and, and think about and think about it. Tell yourself tell yourself your testimony. Don't let the first time you ever tell your testimony be out to somebody that 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 you're like, okay, let me think what what all, what all went down in my life. Sit down one day and write out your testimony. Sit down one day and tell yourself the testimony, or tell your wife, or your kid. Tell somebody your testimony. Sit down, sit down, and just talk about it and get it out there. So when you you're, you you need to talk to somebody about something, you kind of have an idea in your mind. Have a couple scriptures that you want to share. Have a little prayer in your mind that you know that you can pray. And maybe you're like, oh, Pastor, like I'm just that's not I just can't do that kind of stuff. Well, you know what? Then work on your smile. Work on your hugs. Work on your giving. Work on your, your, your back so you can pick up for somebody. Work on, work on your, your back so you can go to the grocery store and take somebody's stuff to their car that's having a hard time. Look around for somebody. It ain't always preaching about God, and it's not always giving money. Sometimes it's just you being you and serving and loving other people. But it's so important for us to change our city as we got to go out there and do it. And not expect somebody else to do it. Well, that's a bigger church. They got a thousand or three thousand people out there. They're, they're better equipped. You know what? 
God, God has got, every one of us is equipped to do what God's called us to do. So we can go do it. So let's go and do it. And on the 15th, I mean on the, the, the 22nd, like I said, we're going to go somewhere and pass out some, some little, little tickets. Right here, people's going to come through, hopefully, and get coffee. And I hope a ton of people come by that we get to bless a minister or two and give them coffee here. And then we're going to go over there to Greenfield Street, right there by, by the hospital, man, and, and help them people. It's so amazing. I'm telling you what, I, I really encourage you. We'll, probably, we'll start having sign-up sheets next week for that, um, for people who want to, want to be a part of that. And we're going to minister and, and do that and, and, and change lives. What if nobody comes through? Well, you know what? Well, but, but God's going to honor the fact that we were prepared to serve his people. Just because you prepare something, you want, God, I want to do an outreach, and I want to do this. But nobody showed up. But you know what, son or daughter? You were prepared and ready to receive my people. They just didn't come. And so, therefore, I'm going to bless you anyway. But I believe just because you prepare, God's going to send people anyway. He's going to speak to their hearts. Who don't want free coffee between 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock on Sunday morning? Amen. Dear Lord, I thank you today for everything that you've done. I just pray today for our people. God, I thank you for M Kingdom Impact, that they're making an impact in their, in, their, in their kingdom, in their lives, and in our city. And I just pray that you help us expedite that and do a better job of being who we are and help, uh, help us to receive from you and to give to others. Help us, God, to reach out. Help us to think about how we can minister, how we can serve, how we can give, how we can make a difference. And help us to reach out to those that's made a difference in our lives and let them know how much they mean to us so they'll know that they've made a difference in somebody's life. We thank you for that, God, and we honor you today for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.